0: Welcome to the Future-Focused Admin Podcast, hosted by Candace and Jessica, your modern admin besties. Join us on a journey to revolutionize administrative excellence in the workplace.
1: We're here to empower, inspire, and equip you with the tools you need to thrive as a forward-thinking admin.
0: From productivity hacks to digital transformation, we cover it all. Featuring industry experts and thought leaders, we bring you invaluable insights and success stories.
1: Streamline your workflow, enhance your skills, and navigate the changing admin landscape with us. Get ready to unlock your full potential on the Future Focused Admin Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Future Focus Admin. I'm Candice Burningham, and this is my co-host, Jessica McBride, who is the Tech Savvy Assistant. And we're super excited because today, our subscribers got to learn that we are co-hosting with each other. So we are both kind of put it out there that we had a secret. I said that I had a podcast, but I just didn't say who it was. It was really interesting. There was a few people that did guess it. You're paying attention. (laughs) And it's just like, they're like, oh, it's such a good chemistry. I'm like, yeah, we're super cool. So that was super exciting today. And then the official launch will come out tomorrow, which is Jessica's birthday as well. So happy birthday for tomorrow. 21, I can't believe it. I
0: know. I'm just so young and spry. Yeah. 35, which is kind of crazy to me. Did not think that I was going to get this far. So pretty exciting and uh, looking forward to it.
1: But today is episode
0: five and we are going to talk
1: about balancing work and personal life as an admin professional, because this is something I think everyone struggles with. And it's quite funny. I feel a little bit like knowledgeable on this now because in the Admin Collective, we have masterclasses and we had the Rachel Benetti on yesterday, who's amazing and full of wisdom. And she did a session on boundaries, which is something I really struggle with for myself. I just have no off switch. As Jess knows, I'm up until 1.30 in the morning still on emails, messaging, thoughts going berserk. Like She just gave some really good tips around trying to just set boundaries for yourself and sticking to them, which is You you can always write them down in a notebook, but actually sticking to them is the next kind of part of it. But basically, I think we should just jump in on our experience with it. So I used to do 24-7 roles, and that's what they were advertised as. I was not paid 24-7 money. You never are, but they put it in the job description like this is a 24-7 role. And when the recruiters are talking to you, they initially kind of give you the wink like, you know, you know, you're going to have no life. For the longest time, I was okay with that because I was like, this is my way of service. This is what I do. The world will fall down without me. Like if I don't have my phone with me 24-7, the world will end. And it's not till I got later in my career that I started having some boundaries and saying, actually, I'm not going to have my phone on when I'm at the dinner table, that the world didn't collapse. Whatever that text message or email was could wait till I was finished. Like, But it did take age for me because I was just such an eager beaver and so wanting to please and so wanting to be the best and, you know, I know all everything and there was probably like a you need me element to it as well. So I want to kind of just say one that's unhealthy. So if you are one of those people that's really unhealthy and you may think, oh, it's great. It's not. You're going to get burnout. You do not need to be available 24-7. And if you do, you should be paid to be on call for 24 seven. So if you're getting paid a normal nine to five salary and you're expected to be on for 24 seven, you need to relook at that. And that's a whole nother thing. I'm not gonna jump into that now, but what is your experience of being able to, you would have a whole different experience. Like we're just quickly catching up before we went on record and saying how Jess would have had to have learned so differently being neurodiverse and ADHD. And that we was talking about how ChatGPT has just been a game changer for her to be able to constantly ask questions. And so I guess the way that you have had to learn through experience and then tech as well to help you with it would just be a whole nother experience to most people.
0: Yeah, I've always just learned by doing much like you don't have like formal education outside of like, you know, grade 12. I did go to university for a little while. I just didn't finish, but I also like worked through university. So I started working fairly like young, which I mean technically I worked in high school, but anyway. So like I would just learn by like I would start doing the task and learn pretty rapidly when I actually physically do something. But like to talk about like our burnout and just like how badly we can like work ourselves into the ground is you touched on your way of service. I completely relate to that because. So much of my career was built on, I just like to do the work in the background. I just, I really like to make things go really smoothly. Like I never like felt like it was like a, I'm called to do this. Inherently, that's what made me happy. It was being useful. I think that's something that executive assistants or admin professionals in general, a lot of us end up in this career because we are people pleasers. because we like that feeling of doing a good job and getting praise and being like the star student. It took me working myself into the ground and really sacrificing my health in a lot of ways to learn about boundaries and to learn how to protect myself. And it's so like, they say like healing is linear or isn't linear rather. And it's the same with like upholding my boundaries of like, I've come really far in terms of like, I keep my phone on silent. I'm honestly chronically online. So like, there's no way that like, I'm going to not see a message within like an hour. I don't ever put my phone down for more than an hour. I don't even bother keeping my phone on because honestly, like if I can like get that treasured little bit of time without worrying about my phone even buzzing, like that's great. That's great for my mental health. Putting my phone on Do Not Disturb at five o'clock was something I'd started doing at my last executive assistant job. And honestly, like full disclosure, like the last CEO that I supported, like he wasn't like a needy person. Like he wasn't reaching out to me. He really respected boundaries. Every once in a while, you get like the odd email at eight o'clock at night, but like it was very much like he's just doing something because that's when it was convenient for him. So I think that enabled me to start to like ease my way into like good boundaries of like, because he had good boundaries. So there wasn't like the expectation that I'm working at 2am for him. And the jobs that I had prior that like drove me to like being mentally unhealthy, it was they weren't even executive assistant roles, they were in operations. And there was just such an insurmountable amount of work that there was the need to be working the 70 hour work weeks, because it was just, I was doing the work of multiple people, no matter how many hours I worked, there was too much work to do and then they got laid off. So really, that's one of the things that really broke me and started making me change as a person was giving my everything for a company and then getting laid off. It was just like, fuck you, fuck your health, we do not care about who you are. And I think that the sooner you realize that like companies actually don't care about you as a person, like you are just another number to them, I think that it's easier to set those boundaries up. A lot of us have super codependent relationships with the people that we support. It's hard to separate that. It's hard to be like, well, I'm going to turn my phone off at five because I just like my boss so much. And like, what if they need me? And, you know, nobody knows any of the information except for I do. And like, I'm the only person in the office who can solve that. These are all the things that we tell ourselves to cover the fact that ultimately we just don't like to disappoint people.
1: There were also entrapment moments as well, where, like, if you had the key to the office or if you had the alarm code or things like that, it entrapped you to have to be the person that kept their phone on. They definitely make it that way. That was, yeah, more the smaller companies. But so tell me, as being a mom as well, how did you balance work and personal life, like a husband and a kid? And there
0: was none. I can see you shaking your head. <laughs> I didn't have the typical mother arc I had my kid they came six weeks early I was working at a bank at the time and I was kind of like forced into like by the way I was in the United States so I had zero like maternity care and I was really forced into a situation where I only had six weeks leave and then it was February so it was like the dead of winter and I couldn't put my like preemie infant into to daycare so I was kind of forced into being a stay-at-home mom and then When they were two, I decided to kind of go back and get my realtor license because, like, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And I love a new thing. So I went back and that's how I kind of got back into working. And then I just kind of had like a series of jobs, like up until, you know, the point that I'm at now. I didn't balance it. Everything was chaos. It was awful all the time. Like, and we didn't have TikTok and people talking about their real stories, you know, when I was a mom, when I was, you know, raising a young infant and it just, I think that's like actually where like the root of like my authenticity comes from is it always really bothered me how easy other parents were making it look. Like I always felt like other moms, especially just like were having such an easier time than me because it was very much that time where like we were all just like posting on Instagram, but like people only post like the really good parts and everything is like talking about how great their life is. That's really depressing. And I think in general media like portrays this like image of like, it's easier than it is. And like, if you're out there and like, You're working in a job right now and you're just like barely keeping your head afloat. Like you're not alone. A lot of us are in that place. And a lot of us are working jobs that like completely do not respect or value our work and our efforts. And it's so emotionally draining. The executive assistant communities I met, it's not unusual to see other people talking about having to take mental health leaves because of the level of stress of this job. Because when you're working for somebody that's really demanding, it is all consuming, which is why you have to enforce boundaries. So let's talk about what are some different boundaries that we enforce. Because I said there's the I personally said I with my phone on, do not disturb after five o'clock. I, you know, keep my phone on silent. I stop raising my hand for extra work because that's such like a good, key thing about being a people pleaser is It's so easy when you hear somebody say like, oh, this is a problem. We've got this going on to be like, oh, I can solve this. Let me step in. Like, this is my forte. So stop raising your hand. That's the easiest way to start like lowering your workload and, you know, enforcing some boundaries about like what your actual like limits are with work. That's probably like the most passive way, actually, to really start like enforcing a boundary.
1: Yes. And I also think you can use that as a positive and say, actually, I'm going to take this opportunity to grab someone more junior and empower them with it and be like, hey, I know how to do this. It would really work for you to step up and say you're going to do this and get some more clout with the business unit. I'll show you what to do, but you take on this project and it'll up you a level in your admin career. It doesn't always have to be, oh, I'm not doing it. It could be that you're you know, trying to help someone else in their career, but also stepping back, as you say, and saying it's not always going to be me. It can't always be me. One day I won't be here. Okay, so boundaries. Yes, more boundaries. I think another one is having rules. My last job worked for a celebrity and she was also a world-renowned interior designer. Her name was Kelly Hoppen. So her life wasn't normal. So she had clients from all over the world. So it was always different time zones. And also she's a celebrity. So like people are asking of her all the time, you know, can you be on the morning show? They would ask it like, 11 pm and she'd you know have to have hair and makeup done, and it's not a oh yeah, I'll just jump on. like it's an ask. I always felt like I had to have my phone on for those kind of things. and she had me as an executive assistant and she had a personal assistant that also her whole personal side was a whole nother role. It needed that. We kind of came up with some good boundary rules where if it's urgent, call. If it's pretty urgent, but I can finish my dinner text. So like, hey call me after your dinner or whatever. If it's not urgent, but you want to just leave a voice note instead of typing it out, voice note, WhatsApp, and I'll pick it up whenever. And if it's just something to action, email. So that I knew if it was a call, urgent, if it was a text, please get to it ASAP and anything else I can get to when it was. But we had really good communication. Every afternoon I would write like a list of this is outstanding, these are your three things you have to do. These are important. This is when you can get to it. But she was well aware of what was expected of her tomorrow because, as I said, it wasn't a normal role. It was her job. Plus, she's speaking gig. Plus, she's doing a course for this. Yes, she's doing this. No, she's doing a collaboration with this. She's building a product with this. Like it just, there was so much on her plate. So just breaking it down. And also, she was dyslexic. So making sure that it was in a way that was user-friendly for her. Not too many words. It's just too much. Also, she had a rule, which I loved. She had rules back. Morning time was creative time for her. So she was best in the morning. So she didn't want to be bogged down with admin when she walked in. But we would have a quick five minutes, get, you know, the most important things out of the way or something that needed to be signed or anything like that. And then she would go to the studio and work and I would crack on with my work. Having those boundaries and having those rules made it so much easier to work together. And we had a really good system in doing that. But also, and someone brought this up yesterday, is you need to have that executive be the same, like you need them to buy into empowering you to do that as well. I can't remember who it was. They were saying, you know, my CEO agrees with it with me. And then they'll go like, oh, it doesn't matter. Just let them put their things through late. And it's like, no, I'm putting these boundaries in and these rules in so that if they don't have it in by this time, it's not being in the agenda. It's not being in the board report. Like you have to set some rules where it's not flexible and your executive has to empower you to say, talk to Candace. she's in charge of that. If you missed it, deal with Candice. Like it's not the CEO's responsibility for you to go back-channeling and saying, oh, I had this on. It's like you knew, you knew, you knew every month. This is the date. But if you don't have an executive that supports you with that, it's not going to work guess I don't really have advice with that because I've had such good bosses who have always empowered me. They've always been
0: like, talk to her. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> My advice is always going to be quit. It's always going to be finding <laughs> a new job. Like I am so team change jobs every two years. Like just, I think that's how you get ahead and just life's too short to work for somebody who's not nice and like not a good boss. I'm seeing like, this new wave of bosses kind of come about that have a little bit more integrity or a little bit like, you know, a little bit better? Well, they want a life
1: too now, right? They want a life. In COVID, it, people got to see their kids. People got to try new things of being a parent or being a dog parent. For the first time I saw people without kids being like, I have to get home to my dog. And I loved that because one, I'm obsessed with dogs, but two, I was like, that is your fur child. That is important that you get that dog out and go for a walk. One, for your mental health, because it makes you happy. But two, yes, the dog's been sitting in an apartment all day. It needs to wee. But I love that there was that sense of the same as the mum having to pick up her kid from childcare. These people are like, I gotta go home. The dog's locked up. I was like, this is gonna be a new thing of COVID pets. But it's like, no, I'm going home. I have a responsibility at home.
0: New reason to, yeah, leave the office. Like, I. Can't imagine going back into the office. That sounds awful. I can't believe people want to go back. Well, it's a big thing here
1: in Australia where they are pretty much forcing people back in the office. We've got an event tonight, Sydney Adven's event tonight, where I'm going to ask the question, say, so how many of you are back full time? How's it working for you? Like, I'd love to hear the feedback. Let's ask you. Let's get a global response. Are you back at work? Are you forced to be in full time? Do you prefer to be back at work? How do you feel about it? Design am mad for you. <laughs> Either way, we want to hear your feedback for everything, but we also want to hear about how you feel about going back into the office and whether it's your jam or whether, you know, have you had a career change? Have you moved to being a virtual assistant because you didn't have the choice? A big part of it that I've talked to some admins about was their life had changed and they were no longer able to go back to the office. So they moved away. A lot of people in Australia moved To better places. As you know, this country was locked down. I think Melbourne had the longest lockdown in the world. People ran. They just were like, not doing this. So people have moved and they're like, it's not feasible to be able to commute however long each, you know, week. So have you changed careers because of it? Let us know. But one of the other things I want to bring up is the mastering the art of saying no. This one is always tricky on who you work with because if you don't have a good boss that's like yep I get that or you know yes I agree with that they view you as just their admin and you should just do your work and go home kind of thing they don't acknowledge that you have so much on your plate because let's face it most people don't actually understand what we do especially at a high level they're just like you just sit at your desk all day they don't realize you're stuck at your desk all day it's a mission to run for a week I remember when I worked at Channel 9, I would go to the bathroom every single time my, my executive would want me. And he would just be like, Candace, Candace, where's Candace? The girl that sat next to me, Shelly, would just always be like, She's in the bathroom. Like, I came back and I could hear him. I'm like, What? And he's like, well, I couldn't find you. I'm like, I was in the bathroom. He said it in jest, but he's like, take your phone next time. <laughs> but sometimes it feels that way, right? Like the minute you step away from your desk, someone needs you. I guess one of the things I learned to do probably wasn't till I was at SBS was I was so overwhelmed at one point and people kept coming up to my desk that I involuntarily looked up and put my hand up and I just said, stop. I literally can't take on anything else right now. I can't hear your ask. I can't do anything right now. I have to get this out. Can you please send me an email? And I started realizing that people were kind of a taken back at first, but like, oh, shit, she's so busy. She looks so stressed. I'm going to walk away. And then I would kind of like realize after a while, after scaring everyone, I guess, that people were a lot more kinder and a bit more as it okay if I approach kind of thing. Like It was such a turnaround of people being like, She's not just sitting there living her best life. She's actually, like I had an assistant that sat next to me. That's how busy the role was. Like it was insane. And people then started respecting that and being like, or they'll send me a quick message saying, hey, can I come over? Instead of just approaching my desk. It was unfortunately, you know, like I find this rude. I find it incredibly rude when someone sticks their hand in your face. It was involuntary. I was just kind of like, stop. That was kind of my first training to be able to say no. To people, to things, everything, and then as I finessed it and didn't make it so rude, I found the confidence to say it's okay to say no. I don't know how you've experienced
0: it and been able to, because you're a, a different kind of. I can say no to just about anyone via text. Sometimes my brain betrays me a bit, like in like an actual like live interaction of like. The people's using like outweighs um, like there's like that internalized fear of like upsetting somebody or like danger. Like there's just like so many things that like we have like that's like been ingrained in us. that It's hard. It's difficult. So I always find it easiest when I can like take some time to like say no, to, like text and think it through. No is a complete sentence. I am well versed in that fact, but I still need to put a caveat. Like I still need to put a why I can't do it. I don't think like I'll probably ever break that habit. But it's definitely gotten easier. I said the same thing. like I had like a job. The job that I was working 70 hours a week. And like every time I turned around, it was like, Can you do this? Can you do that? I got mean. I got really mean. And like that's what happens when you're stressed out. And you're crappy. Is you do yell at people. And you do tell them to leave you alone. And put like, post-it notes over your phone. So you don't see the voicemail light blinking. And just ignore everything because you're tired. And that's called survival mode. I think that learning to say no is absolutely a form of self care. It's however you feel comfortable, enforcing your boundaries and like finding a way to like protect your time and energy. Like, you're going to find your own way. So it's just dipping your toes. That's something that somebody told me once was practice using your voice in low risk situations. And that's something that's really stayed with me as like I continue to like build self-confidence and like figure out who I am, is there are people in my life that are safe. And I know that they are safe because they have shown me like, repeatedly over the years. So when they do something that I don't like, that is my chance to practice using my voice and saying, I don't like this, or I would prefer if you did this way, or you can still practice kindness when you say these things. But it really like it's a muscle, right? It's it's a skill and it's a habit. So like start practicing it when you know that like you're not going to be harmed or yelled at or like, you know, treated poorly in any way. And I think that's like a super valuable way to also like learn to like enforce boundaries is really like the people that you're close to that you know that you're safe with, like start expressing like actually what you want and need because we've also been really conditioned to never speak our needs or our wants into the world because like God forbid we seem like entitled or something. So like All of this kind of compounds together to make it so that like we are afraid to speak up, that we're afraid to say no, that we just take on too much because we need to be superwoman all the time. We need to make sure that we are goes back to like when I talk about like I'm juggling all the plates or I'm I'm spinning all the plates and everybody's telling me how great I'm spinning the plates, but I'm just one sneeze away from the plates flying off and like everything falling down. So I have to protect myself and the number of plates that I continue to spin because life's a lot more fun when you are not stressed out 24-7 and in survival mode. And that kind
1: of brings me to my next point I have written here, which is outlining your priorities for your week. Your job is to support your executive, but a big part of like the administrative side of that is their job. Like you're taking a lot of their stuff so that you can process it, get it done so that they can just have the high level of it or sign off on it, you need to actually block out that time to do that work for them. It's very hard if you have a job that constantly changes. When I worked for the president of news for NBC Universal, every day was dependent on the news, right? Like if there was a terrorist attack that just threw the whole day out and we were focused on that. You know, it's finding people on the ground. Who can we talk to? Like, You couldn't say, oh, these are my priorities for the day. Your day and their day and your team's day is completely thrown out the window. So I get it's not as easy as saying, oh, here's my pretty list in my beautiful notebook and I get to tick things off every day. Life isn't like that. I wish it was. And I once had a job that was like that and it was wonderful. (laughs) But it's not like that for a lot of people, especially at high level stress jobs. But if you're not doing the high level stress jobs, it's such a good Thing for you to highlight your priorities of the day of the day but of the week and making sure that you get through what's important for you and your executive to make sure that that's done and I think so many times people come in and just sideswipe your week but like they're just like no nah, this is now the priority and it's like well no my priority was getting you know the annual report done this part of the annual report done because it needs to be submitted by this date otherwise comms can't get it to the printers like there's a knock-on effect right But people just see. I need this done now. This is now your priority. And I think finding that voice to be able to say, I will get to that. But my priority right now is to get these things done. Like you. I think most people are much more braver in their kitchen and can say, no, you know, but then when it comes to it, most people are like, oh, yeah, okay, just leave it there. It's very different when it's face to face. Yeah. Whereas if it's an email, you can ignore it (laughs) and get to it when you want to. How do you kind of do that? Outline your priorities and make sure that you stick to them. Because you also get a lot of like a lot of speaking gigs, which are intrusive to the diary because there's planning for it, there's writing the pitch, doing the deck, there's practicing. Like it's not just how you turn up and do
0: it. There's a lot of thought put into it. I think that like the ADHD runs a little rampant in the unstructured world of a founder entrepreneur. I don't have that strict like wake up at this time every day because people know that you're gonna be online and you know, set meetings, like everything's so like chaotic. lately, I the way that like I'm working to prioritize like actual tasks, and things that like I need to do as we joked about this last week. I think I literally block time on my calendar to do my task. And it's just like I have like an ongoing task list. And then I use that time to remind myself that like, I need to sit down and actually do those tasks because otherwise like, I'll just kind of like forget about them or I'll be like, Oh, I'll do it later. And I never will. And then also I find it really valuable um, lately to have a whiteboard with like my like overarching projects because anything that's like hidden, like even like Trello, like I literally have like a time block with like, I use this program reclaim AI and not sponsored yet. But it sends me a reminder. So it's like afternoon catch up, like do like, you know, to catch up then like monthly financial report. So it's like I'm trying to like follow these like time blocking a little bit better. I'm not great. I definitely kind of ignore things. I've never been like good at that stuff. It's like I, I guess like that's like whatever. It's not a big deal. Like I always like was redeemed by my creativity. I'm never like known for being like the one who's like hyper organized, or like they think I'm organized, but in all actuality, they're just seeing the end product, so they think it's organized, but in all actuality, it was absolute chaos the entire time. So that goes back to spinning plates, and like you know, everybody's like convinced that so, like you're doing great. Yeah, I have to be able to like see my top. I need to be able to like follow up on them like regularly, like which is why I've always tried to keep like inbox zero, and like it's a joke now. Like I'm definitely never like going to be inbox zero again, but. I definitely do keep it where it's like, if I have an open project or I have like somebody that I need to follow up with or something like that, I keep those in my inbox and try and keep everything else out so that like, I just need visual reminders like regularly. Otherwise, nothing exists to me. Like I I just have object permanence issues. So if you're also struggling to manage your tasks, that's actually like a really common thing that I'm hearing lately is that. Nobody knows what to use. Like nobody's like having a great time when it comes to like managing their executive schedule. It seems like no one product really captures like everything that you would want to like cover to like support an executive. Um, so like there's like all kinds of project things like ClickUp and Monday and Asana, and everybody kind of like jumps on board like oh this is gonna like solve all my problems. Even Notion and it never really seems to like work well for like the admin role, just because like there's just so much knowledge that we have just percolating up there and it's hard to like put it into words. I don't know. It is really like dependent of just like this is what works for me. But yeah, it's not great. I think like the best product I've seen, it's base. It's base HQ is the favorite technology that I've seen for like managing the executive, specifically like made for like you know, executive assistants that I don't know, overall. It's just rough. It's rough to keep up with everything in 2023 because there's too many different levels of things that you need to keep track of because we're all trying to keep track of our personal lives, our work lives. We have all these tasks and it's just too much. It's soul crushing, y'all.
1: You're not alone if you're struggling. Give us a shout out on your tips as well. If you've mastered this, please share your glory. Share (laughs) what you know and um, we'll share it out to the community because it's something that I, I think everyone... We'll always struggle with, it's just balance, right? Like it's balance with everything. It's just, but when you feel this pull and this demand on your job versus your personal life, which is going to leave me to our last topic, which is prioritizing your wellbeing. being. hundred percent, this is the worst thing I struggled with. I would sit at my desk, especially during the pandemic, from the moment I got up to the moment I went to bed. And a lot of the time I wouldn't go to bed till very late because time zones, but also because I was like getting stuff done and then eating my dinner at my desk and like, just did not prioritize my health. And I had such a bad back during that time. I just remember, didn't even put compute the two, but I was just like, oh my gosh, my back is so bad. My back is so bad. Not even realizing like, I wasn't taking that opportunity for your hour walk to go outside or anything like that. Cause I was just so consumed in You know, the world could end. We need to make sure that, you know, everything's all in order. And this is back in the early days. We didn't even really know what it was. Like we were just like, just stay indoors, don't do anything crazy and get shit done so that your company doesn't fall into you, that you can keep your job. But I put on so much weight. That was from eating absolute rubbish, not taking care of myself, not exercising. And it happened so quickly. I just remember thinking, I feel terrible in myself. Like it had nothing to do with, oh, I don't look good or anything like that. It's that it took a toll on my body, like sleeping in positions. The extra weight hurt my lower back unaware, but I sleep on my stomach during the night at some point. And that curvature was just, I remember just waking up being like, I can't even go and see a physio. I can't do anything. I'm like, you got to do something for you then, doll, because no one else is going to help you. So I just got a yoga mat and started doing stretching and doing things like that during the day, just to make sure that I was moving, was able to, move my body. Yeah, I just remember being like, I'm never going to allow this to happen to myself again, because you only get one body. Even now that I work for myself, I can spend days and nights just like at the moment, I am on the computer all the time if I'm not doing events or whatnot. And it's so bad for you. I can't say prioritize your health and well-being more than enough. But prioritizing your well-being is just so important as an admin, because we are possibly one of the top categories of burnout, like of careers that you get burnout in. We are winners. We get the trophy.
0: (laughs) You're number one.
1: So what kind of things do
0: you do to make sure that you prioritize your well-being? I've decoupled my worthiness of rest from my productivity, meaning that I don't need to earn my rest. I deserve rest because I am a human being. And so when I am tired, I lay down. I don't do work for a little bit. I honor my body when, you know, I'm not feeling great. It's okay. Like I remind myself that just because I don't feel like doing work now doesn't mean that I won't feel like doing that work later. I consistently show up for myself in terms of like getting the work done. So, I can trust that I can let things go for a little bit. That like if I allow myself to rest for 2 hours, I know that like I'll get up later and like I'll probably get it done or like I'll do it tomorrow or whatever. I'm not saving lives. Like there's nothing that I'm doing that is like a life or death situation. So it's easier to separate that. And North Americans, especially, just like the most like overly intense work ethic. And like I don't want to be like, don't ever work hard. I'm just saying that there's an obsession with working hard and there's an obsession with grinding and just like, you know, so many years it was like the girl boss image of like, oh, you got to work like, you know, 60 hours a week. And like, you know, you really got to give it all, like all the time. And I'm not comfortable with that. Like, I have lived that life. And you know what? It didn't get me anywhere. Like, there was no more value respected or like added to my employer by me trying to like work myself into an early grave. I wasn't like, you know, given more reward or like recognized it just made me feel badly all the time. And I just, my body ached. You talked about like the back pain is my thing for me was the first time I got put on mental health leave was I was having migraines like every single day. And it wasn't even the migraines that flagged it to my doctor. It was that I got like a stomach ulcer from taking Tylenol too much. And then my doctor for the first time I ever had health care because it's like, you know, this is after I moved to Canada from the United States. The first time I've had like good, consistent health care is like, why are you taking Tylenol every day? And I'm like, Well, I get a migraine. Like I get like really bad headaches. And she's like, Well, why are you getting headaches every day? It's like the first time like anybody like ever asked me that. And I was like, Well, I'm really stressed out at work. Like, doesn't everybody feel like shit every day? Like, I don't I'm so confused. What do you mean? And she's like, You need to take some time off. And like she put me on leave. And that was like the first time that like anybody was just like, This is bad for you. Like you shouldn't be having a migraine every day from like your stress. And so that was really eye-opening. But yeah, I just, for me, it really is like, it sounds so woo-woo. Like I listen to my body, but I do. Like I, at some point in time, like I like healed my nervous system like enough that like, I can now like listen to my body when like, I don't feel well. And I grew up in a society that told me to suck it up and deal with it and just like, you know, ignore it. And I don't do that anymore, which is really healing, super healing to my inner child to just be like, no, actually, I don't feel well, I'm going to go lay down, like, I'm not doing the dishes tonight, because I feel like garbage, the dishes will be there tomorrow, which I think like, having some boundaries, and like, being gentler with yourself, like around the home is also another way that's like, really important for like, work life balance is like, knowing that the dishes will still be there tomorrow. And it's okay, like, they're not going to attract bugs like overnight i hope i don't know maybe in new york i don't know in general you're going to be okay for one night so just cut yourself some slack ultimately is like there are people running around doing like 30 percent of your capacity and like being happy about it like you can do 80 percent for one day it's okay
1: i am a big believer in listen to your body as well i used to get tonsillitis four times a year and it was always stress related It started in high school because four times a year exams. Then it carried through to stressful situations. So, And I haven't had it for so long and I've probably been the most stressed in my life this year. This business, the other business, buying a business and pitching for funding has just been the most horrible experience for a solopreneur. Like The stress has been mad. I don't know how I haven't had tonsillitis. When I get the signal from my body, it goes straight to my glands and goes, warning, warning, you need to go to sleep. That is the only thing that is going to help me is my body shutting down. Antibiotics, great. They help once you're in the zone. But it is my warning signal from my body that if you don't shut down, I'll shut you down. I've learned now, okay, yep, you're right. Going to bed early tonight or sleeping in tomorrow, clearing my diary, I cannot want afford the time to be sick. But two, I'm not going through that. If I don't have to, I will listen to my body's warning signals and just be like, right. And this sounds so privileged, but I get a massage every month as well. It's affordable in Australia. I crouch at my desk. My back is bad anyway because of what I did to it, but also my shoulders, I lock. I don't even realize it, but they're up like this and they'll be like, what's wrong? I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, put your shoulders down. I'm like, oh. So I get a massage every month because it is the only thing that will release my body without chemicals. Otherwise, like you, I will be having Tylenols nonstop because it goes from there to your head to a stretch like it's all connected. So do something. It might be walking for you. It might be stretching. It might be a Pilates class. Like, but do something that makes sure that your body just lets go a bit. Making sure that you prioritize your well being because nobody else will, number one. And no health, no wealth. You cannot work. You cannot be a good family member. You cannot be a good friend. You cannot exist without your health. So make it your number one priority. Otherwise, you got nothing. Health is number one. Now that I'll just pop off my soapbox. (laughs) But it's so important. It's so important that admins take care of themselves. Like We are so prone to looking after everybody else first. Well, I think we pretty much hit a few good points on balancing work and personal life. I'm sure there's plenty of war stories out there. Hit us up if you've got anything that you think we should share with the community. Well, I think we can wrap it up for your tonight, my today. I'm off to the city now, got an event and then catching up with the Sydney Admins, which will be super cool. So if you're in Sydney, come along and join the group called Sydney Admins. We meet every now and then and just informal, find a place to meet and whoever's around, pop on in. I think lots of admin groups do that. They've just got like local community groups where it's informal. It's just like, hey, if you're around, drop on in. If you're not, catch you next time. Like we've got a whole list of those kind of communities on our main So feel free to find a community near you or if you don't have one and would like to set one up, drop me a text and I'd love to help you because community groups is where it's at. And I think that's it. So thank you everyone for listening. For the Aussies, have a good day. And for the North Americans, have a
0: lovely evening. Bye. Bye. This episode is sponsored by Tech Savvy Assistant, your guide to a more relaxing work life through technology. Are you an administrative professional or freelancer? Want to stay ahead of the curve with AI, ChatGPT, and more? Tech Savvy Assistant has just what you need. Subscribe to our premium newsletter packed with exclusive insights, tips, and guides tailored to help you excel in your career. It's a must-have for anyone looking to improve their working conditions and embrace the future of tech. Give me a follow, it's techsavvyassistant.com and you can sign up on my webpage.